James, it's your turn. Yeah, so like boys, as soon as you know, the stack of cards comes to like what, two dollars shy of that, so I'm happy to call it even. James, we're waiting on you, man. Oh, sorry, my dudes, you gotta trade when you can, you know. So um hang on, when did Blind Obedience hit the board? When I cast it on my turn about fifteen minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> I would have counted that. Here, let me move that to your Oh graveyard. please don't touch my cards with your sticky fingers and it's all over my playmat. Anyway, I cast Das's Oracle, ETB on the stack. Cast him on a consultation. I win. Next game, baby. Hey, yo, Ben, want to cram some CDH? Just wipe the floor with Sorry, these guys. Sorry, guys. He's not normally like this. What's that smell? Did he... He took his shoes off, didn't he? Yep. That's fungal, for sure. Those are spores in my nose. Hello, Commander players. Uh, surprise, it's me talking first. I wanted to interrupt because we've got something to to tell you guys. Yeah, it's a little uh, little after recording. Walt and James after dark. This is future James and Walt. Yeah, it's, it's later than the voices you're about to hear. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted to shout out the person who put together our fantastic new theme song. That you uh, just listened to. You just listened to. It's Jaden Haladio. Uh, he's fantastic. We're so happy with what he's done for us. Uh, you can check him out on SoundCloud and on Facebook. They're, they're in the show notes as well. Yeah, go check him out. Um, he's a member of our community that we play with at our local game store and ha- is an incredible talent. And you're going to hear that incredible superhero Buzz Lightyear Space Commanders theme every single episode. Yeah, so thanks so much, Jaden. And we'll, uh, we'll return to our regularly scheduled content. Back to you, past James and Walt. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> A little bit. Welcome to the Get Commanded podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's the GCP by the GCC, helping you to have better games of Commander. I am your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. It's your other host, James, and I have now finished eating. You finished your, <laughs> you have, finished yeah. your little cookie yeah. you had in your mouth before? It was really tasty. It was a cinnamon Oreo. I had no idea they existed. I, I blown James's mind, apparently, with a, <laughs> with a new flavor of Incredible. Oreo. Incredible. Is it just a Coles? I need to go down yeah, the biscuit just, arm more often. Just like a, there's like an Oreo section of the shops now when you go there. There's like, I reckon there's well, 10 to like, 12 flavors. That's ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. They need to stop. Incredible. Um, well, we're back. It's I been know. like a long time. We took a bit of a hiatus, which we was did. nice, but I'm actually happy to be sat back in the studio. I'm going to call it a studio the now. Studio? Yeah, we're calling it the studio. This is our second string of episodes <laughs> until we decide to take a break again. So it's, it's the studio the now. Studio. Uh, we have yeah. professional mics. Yeah. Um, you can't see it, but there's a whole team of people here now. Um, we've got a producer <laughs> in the corner, yeah. sound guy. Oh, hey, JLK. Um, shush, we're recording. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. He's been, oh, he's Prof, interrupt- great to see you, man. Welcome <laughs> and sit down. Is Post Malone coming or I not here yet? I wish. Uh, you're, you're really like pulling on my heartstrings <laughs> James, with that. James's <laughs> eyes almost just like brimmed just from the oh. thought of that. Well, I suppose we'd better uh, check our inbox. Oh my god, James. That is a long list of commands. We've been away for a while. We have been away, but look, we'd better start with the oldest ones. This has probably been sent through a little while ago, but it's, it's there. It's an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. Commander is a social community-focused format. 
Therefore, in or out of the game, players and spectators require an etiquette to ensure the success of the format. Ooh, a non-mechanical focused episode. Well, time to put the kettle on and talk <laughs> philosophy for a little bit. I feel like, are these normally the longer ones or the shorter ones? I can't I th- tell. I, I'm not, I think the responding one is our longest one yet, but these are the ones that we get the most passionate about. Yes. Um, before we start this episode, I've noticed that the Space Commanders here have specifically said that it's a social format and it's, you know, all that. So mm. we're going to be talking a little bit philosophically here as well, talking about social contracts and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to do a little bit of a preface here um, and say that we play most of our commander in a game store. Yeah. Um, we play a little bit on the kitchen table or on a coffee table in a living room. So sometimes, sometimes standing at Walt's kitchen counter. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing that's happened qu- before. Quick pauper fire games just to <laughs> test a deck before we go to pauper. But sure. a lot of commander that we play is in game stores. So we're going to be specifically talking to game stores and a bit of kitchen table. Yeah. I just wanted to make a bit of a note that commander is also allowed at, you know, official events. Um, for sure and there's also different types of magic as well which are like structured tournaments and Mm. stuff and they have very specific rules not just etiquette rules but like you have to be on time your card sleeves have to be correct and you can't eat and drink and unfortunately that is not me and james's area of expertise i hope the space commanders can forgive us for not talking talking about about that (laughs) we'll talk about what we know which is yeah like mostly at the game store also a little bit of kitchen table but yeah game store is basically where we play i reckon i play 80 percent of my commander at the game store i'd probably say even high in the past month i reckon i've played once at my own house yeah, actually, that's yeah. probably about about me as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, all right, well, that's our that's our little focus. Mm. Um, I suppose we should start with the kind of social contract of Commander. Um, so this is like, I mean, it's something that's conceptually talked about a lot, but it's also, I mean, we'll get to it in a sec, but the Commander Rules Committee refer to this. Like, yes. this is a well-documented part of the format that we play. Yeah. And is if the you, social contract. Yeah, and if you listen to other podcasts um, for Magic the Gathering and specifically Commander, the social contract is not something that you would be unfamiliar with. But no. I think it's probably important to define what a social contract is. Sure, start at the very we, beginning. Yeah, I think it's really... Because like the words get thrown around a lot, but they do. it's actually something that's... Not a magic concept. For the first time on this podcast, I think we're talking about something that's outside of the world of magic. Yeah, I guess we are. So, a social contract is actually a bit of a philosophical theory, actually, whereby, like, individuals who live together that form a society um, agree to abide by a set of behaviours or something like specifically laws or, you you know, generally things that are, like, either written in documentation like a law or just implicit. And yeah. people agree to. Like, uh, an example that I can think of off the top of my head is when you're, like, at school. You don't just yell out the answer. You put your hand up to indicate to the teacher that yeah. you want to speak. so that's, like, a structured thing, but yeah. it's also just, like, kind of a, yeah, well, a social contract that you are implicitly agreeing to. When yeah. you go to school, you're saying, when I'm in a classroom, I'll put my hand up when I want to talk. It's exactly. kind of the thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I actually <laughs> thought of an example when I was reading this before, which is, I was at a Savers recently... Um, and there was a bunch of us waiting to... Savers is an op shop, by the way, like a thrift shop, if you're not from Australia. Um, Walt was living his best Macklemore life. Just <laughs> doing all that stuff. I love love going there to get those second-hand clothes, that kind of thing. The budget boy himself. Is- that, that, I didn't even think of making a joke down that line. I went straight to Macklemore. That <laughs> makes so a, much more sense. budgeting my entire existence. Anyway, uh, there was a bunch of us waiting to use the change because they were all full to mm. try on our clothes and stuff. And... Um, Without anyone asking us to, we formed a queue. 
Was there like a like you know one of those like velvet ropey type? No, not at show? all. There was just like a bunch of us there, and then like when someone came out, we all knew who the person who'd been waiting there the longest oh. was, and we just like let them go in. So like no one asked us to do that, and I think this is kind of what happens with Commander is yes, it's the social contract and the understanding of it that's like about the law and stuff, but it's m- also very much about the social contract we're signing that's not laid out in stone, right? It's yeah, like implicit in the format, in the way we play, but it's not like spelled out for you. It's not like you you sit down to play Commander for the first time and someone goes, here's the social contract of Commander, right? You just kind of learn it as you play. Yeah, more. it's funny. I think um, when uh, we were we saw this command, I made a mention to like, when you go out to a really fancy dinner or dine with royalty, you get a lesson on how to eat correctly. Like you eat <laughs> with the cutlery outside in, it's um, mom is in palm, not mam is in ham and oh. all that, like all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, there are lessons there, but like, these are things that are just, that just happen um, in sure. day-to-day life. And it's, it's been going on, this social contract. It actually, the, the philosophical theory of it dates as far back documented in discussion as far as Socrates. Wow, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That seems like the kind of thing that he'd be like, hey, everyone in the town square, un- unwashed, famously unwashed in the town Correct. square, being like, hey, everyone, you're all signing the social contract of bathing. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hipster, hashtag Socrates uh, for the win. <laughs> let's, let's, let's bring back Socrates. No, let's not. That's absolutely not. Let's true. definitely not do that. All right. <laughs> Now let's tie into Commander and into yes. our lives because you you mentioned before that the rules committee um, actually talk about this. Yeah, I, we I went onto their website and it says here each game is a social journey the players share, relying on a social contract in which each player is considerate of the experiences of everyone involved. This promotes player interaction, intergame variants, a variety of playstyles, and positive communal atmosphere. Wow! So they really spell it out that this is this is the way you play Commander yeah. as it's intended. Yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. I, you know, if we just generally think about like Commander in general, because like if you look at um, the rules text, of, if it, have you ever gone online and downloaded the PDF of Magic Rules? I've never been brave enough. No. Oh, my, I was talking to a couple of our local judges and they told me once, hey, just Google it and download the PDF and flick through. That's what we have to have memorized. It's like 98 pages yeah, long. Yeah, I and have seen it like linked before and I've kind of like fl- like scrolled and you're kind yeah. of like, oh, it just keeps going. Yeah, because when, when you play Commander, you already know the rules, but the social contract, that's not written down anywhere. No. So... No. Where do we have to think about the social contract? Because we know one to think about things like the stack. That we know. Yeah, because that's in the game in the as we play it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where do we think about... where? Okay, in your opinion, well, where's the number one spot where we would think about the social contract and making sure that everyone's here to have a good game? I think it has to start with the Rule Zero conversation. Right? Or the, yeah. the, I should say, because we're referring to the Commander Rules Committee documentation, they would technically not call it the Rule Zero conversation i mean they might but that's technically reserved i believe when you go on the website for discussing which cards like it's discussing the fact that you can break the commander format in whichever way you would like so you can change the rules you can unban cards like it's the first that's why it's like rule oh, the, zero the first rule of command it's like yeah. the first rule of D is like it's these are just guidelines play yeah, however you want exactly exactly yeah. and so but yes it, Often we refer to rule zero when we talk about the conversation we had before the game where we go, okay, 
you know, what kind of game we after, mm. that kind of thing. We've talked about this before. We've talked about it a lot, yes. actually. Yeah. We're, we're both really, really big believers in Rule Zero. And and from here on out, when we say Rule Zero, we are referring to the pre-game conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes to say for all of our episodes. Yeah. So we've talked about Rule Zero plenty of times, and we actually did have a discussion on what goes into a Rule Zero conversation mm. way back when. Do you remember what episode it was? It was episode two, I wow, think. way back when. Yes. Way so back when. The, the <laughs> far enough back that um, we can barely remember it, but not so far back that James's voice echoes twice. Please don't listen to episode one. If you can help <laughs> it, terrible. don't listen to episode one. It's fun to like listen to two guys yeah. having some fun for the first time, but the audio is so bad. If, if you're listening to this for the first time and you see like we've uploaded a bunch of stuff... Yeah, just listen from here. Um, here's my advice. <laughs> we just said to listen to rule episode two, James. Oh my God. But we're calling back to it. And I specifically yes. wanted to call back to it because sure. we, we kind of said that there are three key things in a rule zero discussion that should be mentioned we or did. we advise to. Yeah. And those three things were how your deck wins, how consistently it does the winning thing, yeah, like how, how consistently it gets to its win con, and how it prevents opponents from winning. Yep. Yep. And we specifically outlined these in sort of opposition to the very conventional way of um, doing a rule zero conversation, which is using a power level. And when I say power level, I mean literally a number between one and 10, um, which we specifically and adamantly do not like very much. We We don't think it's very descriptive and most decks end up being a seven, right? It's like the meme that comes with this power level. is like, oh, I run um, Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation, but I don't have any tutors, so I guess it's a seven. And then someone's <laughs> playing a pre-con and they like, put like one, you know, extra piece of ramp in. And they're yeah. like, well, it was a pre-con, but I put some ramp in. So I guess it's a seven, you know, like it's always a seven. So. It's jank, but it's got synergy. It's a seven. Yeah, <laughs> like literally yeah. everything's a seven. So yes, we prefer to, to really outline like, and I've, I've spoken before about how I pull out the cards that I think people might have a problem with in my deck, you know? Like, I just straight up... I have that that uh, Shrines deck that has a little bit of stacks, and I just pull out, you know, like, the stacks pieces. Yeah. And just be like, this is what it will look like if I get it all together. And um, as I've said before, most people go... I don't really... Oh, they kind of go, ah, uh, ah, uh, like that. And that's how enough information for me to know I'm putting the deck away. <laughs> and that is actually a perfect example of Walt abiding by the social contract. That is you realizing that just purely by having this rule zero conversation, you've seen people's reactions and it's a reaction that doesn't adhere to what the rules committee said about everyone having a great game and enjoying themselves. Mm. You immediately have recognized the fact that that's like a, oh, I might not have fun here. Okay. Yeah. According to the social contract, I should put this deck away. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. But that is, yeah, I think it definitely starts with rule zero. And like we've talked before about how our goal with these conversations and the reason we don't mind them being slightly longer than saying, you know, it's a seven or whatever is because we want really fun games of Commander. Like our objective, I think we've said it before, but is for you to have better and more fun games of Commander. You say it at the start of every episode. I do. I do. You do say it at the start. Of, that that intro <laughs> that's line has been. now become just ubiquitous in your brain. Yeah, that's you just, forgot what it's, you're it's actually It's like saying. an axiom, you know? Yeah. It's like important to us. And I think we can all agree that the best games of Commander, regardless of whether it's pre-cons or CDH and any everything in between, is when it's close. We love close games, yeah. right? And so the best way to, to get that is to have a really honest and really um, 
like descriptive pre-game conversation. Yeah, and like and exactly right. And I think the way we do it with rule zero and and making sure that everyone's abiding by the same co- social contract is by making sure the power levels are aligned, which yeah. is, you know, except on that one to 10 scale. Um, <laughs> we always outline the cards we don't like playing against, um, possibly discussing banned cards being played. You mentioned before how rule that's, zero... That's the rule zero for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how do you feel? Just as a, I think we talked about maybe this in our question and answers episode, but let's have a bit of a sidetrack. How do you feel about banned cards in Commander if someone discusses it in rule zero? Um, I... Look, I, to be honest, I think most people who are asking to like have an, a you know banned card unbanned effectively for that game, mm-hmm. um, are not gonna ask for something unreasonable. Like I've never seen someone be like, "Hey, I really want to play um, br- the banned braids." I've never had Ugh. someone say like, "Oh, I've got this banned braids list." I've never heard that before. But you know, I sometimes heard people be like, "Hey, I've got this Golos list." Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's Gates, you know, or something, like, really janky. And it's like, yeah, sure, like, go off. That seems totally reasonable. Um, so I'm I'm always open to it. To be honest, it doesn't happen very often. I think I've probably only encountered this, like, two or three times. Yeah. Um, once, actually, funnily enough, in a CDH game, where someone had proxied a list... And uh, this was a few months back before. Did it have like the power nine in it? No, no, oh, it God. was it's <laughs> no, it was before Infinity had been properly released, and they were playing Saw in half oh, in their that's, list. That's the one that goes infinite with dual caster. I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's like destroy target creature. Its controller makes two copies of it or something. That are half the power, half, half the, the power. Yeah, half power, yeah. half toughness. Um, just has combo written all over it. Yeah, and because technically that card hadn't been released, to, if you're really explicitly reading the rules, then it's kind of going, well, that card's yeah. not legal in Commander. And and he was like, oh, do you mind if I play it? And we're kind of like, yeah, whatever. We'll just pretend we're playing Commander in a month. You know, like it's yes. not... <laughs> <laughs> we're time traveling. <laughs> we travel through time, yeah. Speaking of Infinity, um, mm. I'm really curious to have a little discussion on this and how, and, and we'll do our best to tie it into the social contract here, but Wizards have released Infinity cards that are legal in Eternal formats. Yeah, the weird thing where, like, some of the cards have in Infinity, acorn. Yeah, the, the Acorn Hollow little symbol. So, like, for those who don't know, because I actually had to... Nobody explained this to me. They just, like, said it. So, I had to yeah. look for it. But when you look at a card, and in the very centre of the bottom of a Magic card... Not all cards, but some cards have Most a little... Most rares and mythics have, like, yeah, a hollow. Yeah, they have this little... I forget what it's called. It's like a hollow something. Hollow stamp, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a little, like, silvery, very reflective, reflective surface that's kind of at the bottom of the card. And the way that you can tell with Infinity whether a card is legal in Eternal formats, like, outside of, you know, Infinity-style stuff, is whether or not it has the acorn stamp in that little hollow spot at the bottom. So I think if it doesn't have the acorn... Then it's, it's legal. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not. So, like, yeah. So, for instance, in Commander, Commander's internal format. So, everything that gets printed is just basically automatically legal in Commander unless yeah. someone tells you otherwise. So, in this case, they were like, hey, the ones that are not legal in Commander automatically um, are the Acorn ones. Now, in terms of a Rule Zero discussion yes. and making sure everyone has fun because of what we're trying to implement here as the social contract. Sure. Do you think Unfinity sets and what we used to call, like, silver-boarded cards, and also those playtest cards, 
um, from the mystery booth because I I run one. In I a didn't deck. know you run. I have a Niv Mizzet Is It Tribal deck. Actually, I need to amend what I previously said about people asking if they can play banned cards because you one hundred I one hundred percent played against that deck. So James got this janky. It's stupid. It's so it, bad. Is it Tribal deck? It's got yeah. like every Niv Mizzet in it, including except well, the five not color the five one. color, but yeah. it does have Sliv Mizzet Hive Mind, which is like. Is it two blue, blue, red, red? Correct, It's like yeah. the typical Niv Mizzet casting cost. I'm going to try and guess this. So don't tell me. Okay. Um, it's flying. Yeah. Is it a 5-5? Five, five? Yep. Okay. It says, slivers you control have when this creature deals damage to a, to a player, draw a card. Cur- oh. Do I have it? I think it's the other way around. It's, it's when... It's whenever this creature... Oh no, the creature reads, when you draw a card, this deals one, one damage, damage to any, any target. target. And each sliver also has tap to draw a card. Oh, so it gives the Niv-Mizzet Draco Genius abilities, yes. basically. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's either Draco Genius... How do I not know this off the top of my head? There's a lot of niv There's games. a lot of niv <laughs> And that, that's the stupid one. But, like, those... Um, the test cards, yes. they're implicitly not allowed to be played. No, absolutely um, not. Yeah. Same with silver-bordered cards. I'm just really, like... I think that wizards know that Commander is their strongest format. That's why we're getting... They say it all the time. It's their most popular yeah. format by far, yeah. And it's why we're getting Warhammer um, 40k Commander decks. That's yeah. why we're going into Universes Beyond. Because yeah. Universes Beyond is not going to be in you know other formats. It's for like Commander and... I think except Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure that one's going to be an actual standard set. Is it really? I'm pretty wow. sure. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But what, what I'm trying to say is they're, they're printing these cards... And it's inherently making the social contract harder to implement mm. at commander tables. Do you not see what I'm trying to say? Like, no, the rules yeah. of compensation is now getting more and more complex. Because yeah. I find... Yeah, it, it's I have a range of decks. So that's why I have, you know, I, I, I approach it really easily. And most of my decks abide by the normal rule zero conversation of like, mm. this is a lower powered, mid powered and my top tier CDH decks. Yeah. But I then also have these random decks, you know, mm. like my niv Mizzet one with that band card in it. Yeah. And that's fine as like a one off. But now they're it's just everywhere. It's like, more complex, I think, is yeah. what you're saying, right? Like, the, the, the conversation's not as cut and dry. Like, when you read the commander yeah. ban list, right, it says, like, every card that refers to anti is banned, you know? Yeah. So it's just, like, easy. And it says, like, every silver-bordered card is banned. banned. Easy. I can get my head around that. There's a list of the mm. cards that are specifically banned. That you're like, cool, if it's on that list, yep. it's banned. But, yeah, we have this weird example now of a set, a set where some of it's banned. So, like, yeah. you know, the description on that ban list is going to say... All cards printed in Unfinity that have a hollow acorn stamp. That's not very intuitive for someone who's just picked up the game. Exactly. And and I'm not just thinking about new players, but even old and experienced players. Like, I'm thinking of players that I play with that have really long history in this, in this format mm. as Commander. And they have a certain expectation of what Commander is. And especially from a Vorthos perspective as well, like, we're now getting into that territory where Vorthos is being shattered by these Unfinity kind of situations, where Commander is shifting so hard because now Wizards is implementing stuff. I think one of the biggest things that's being impact is this Rule Zero and the Social Contract. Yeah, for because sure. Because I don't really want to be playing against Space Jace that segments the board into sectors. Yeah, to be honest, I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I sort of took... 
I think my way of sort of sticking to my guns without sort of making people feel uncomfortable if they're playing cards, because that's obviously the last thing we want to do, especially when we play in a game store, is to like say to someone, you know, I hate that card. Yeah. Like you just you don't want to do that, especially someone who's new who might not know, you know. Yeah. Um, but I sort of said to myself, I'm not playing any of these cards. I just said I think they're goofy, and I don't really believe that. Pretty much any of them make... They don't enhance the game for me. They don't make it more interesting or more fun. They make it more complicated and more weird. And also, an important thing, they kind of make it less accessible. Like, they're they're kind it's of... It's a bigger barrier to entry for new well, players. they're sort sure. of jokes, right? So, yeah. like, you know, me and you have been playing Magic for, what, two, three years now. Um, not that long for a podcast. Don't hate us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we really do do research. We yeah, promise. <laughs> we play a lot. I swear. Um, and so we get some of the jokes, yeah. right? We, when you see a card, you're kind of like, oh, right. It's referring to this mechanic and it's kind of like doing yeah. it in a f- wacky way. Like the, the kicker sticker thing. Yeah. You know, and like, the hat tribal stuff. That's a joke that's been in magic for years. Yeah. Like, you know, hat tribal or mustache tribal. Yeah. So, so yeah. We, we get the jokes and then we also have the knowledge to understand the mechanic because we're kind of like, oh, it's a joke version of this mechanic, so it probably yeah. works like this. But if you're outside of that context of playing Magic for a long time, one, the jokes don't make any sense. Yeah. So when you look at the card, the, the second thing that happens is you look at it and you're like, this, I've never heard of a mechanic like this before. I don't even know what it's referring to. Like, imagine if you saw Kicker Sticker and you were like, what? what? <laughs> or tickets? Have you seen tickets? Oh, the, for the like attractions. And, yeah. yeah like, See, yeah. now, like, there are some that are... Le- it's it's just, again, it's making that discussion at the start of a commander game more difficult. Yeah. And I, I want to make a sweeping statement here that I have actually looked at Unfinity and I'm organizing with a couple of friends to do an Unfinity draft. Mm. And I am super excited for it because it is a wacky set and I do find it funny. Yeah. And in isolation, it's a funny product yeah. for the right people. But, again, it's... Like, again, I really want to play Unfinity. I think it's a great set, but I don't think it has a place in Commander because Commander is such a delicate thing. Like, we're, we're talking about a philosophy that it goes back as far as Socrates. Mm. That is, it, it it's such a complicated format that it requires that level of philosophical thinking. Yeah, we, we require a social contract so that we all have fun and are playing the same game. Exactly, yeah. and I think sets like this, and I think things that Wizard are doing with, you know, releasing these really complicated mechanics or wacky interactions make that harder to implement. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And look, in the theme of Infinite, because we were talking about Unfinity, Unfinity. I suppose we would be remiss if we're going to be talking about Rule Zero to not refer to our beloved Rule Infinity. True. Uh, If you're not familiar, Walt and I created a Rule Infinity discussion, which, like Rule Zero happens before the game, Rule Infinity happens... After, After the, the game, game. Yep. yeah. So you know the the game encompasses the entire set of numbers between zero and infinity. So infinity should be the way that it ends, right? Yeah. Um, and it's also like our sort of you know tagline is it's to take you to your infinite future commander games, right? You're taking the fun that you had and you're applying it so you can work out how you go forwards from there. You know? I would love to reference a beloved animated Space Ranger, but I'm scared we might hit copyright. <laughs> <laughs> um. oh, it was episode four, by the way. That we yeah, referred to real infinity. I think yeah. it's a really good episode um to go back to and listen to even though i said start listening from here (laughs) i think that that's a good one when you're thinking about the social contract because that rule infinity really discusses what you did like and what you didn't like about the game and also talks about how your deck mechanically worked as well like Mm. what cards do you think i should take out you know all that kind of stuff 
I think when we're talking about the social contract, it really does start with rule zero in, in terms of commander, mm. but it also starts with the rule infinity as well, because it's, yeah. it's making sure your next game is just as fun or, mm. or funner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. yeah. More fun is the grammatically correct <laughs> way of saying I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, I, but... <laughs> I saw the twitch in your eye and I was like, I should probably grammatically I'm correct so myself I'm so concerned. Here. People have told me I've got a, a very expressive face before. I'm so concerned that I'm like telling people that I disapprove <laughs> of something they say with like a weird facial expression. So now... You know what? Well, we should play poker. Oh, um, no. <laughs> God. I'd take all of your money. <laughs> <laughs> You almost certainly would. Oh, my word. Well, look, we have lots left to cover, including um, getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, the do's and don'ts of the game uh, inside the game and the do's and don'ts outside of the game. But before that, we've got a new segment here, James. I'm excited. We're going to hear a little something about a new thrifty card. That's going to ring a bell for some of you. For some of you, not so much. The thrift shop is the bell that's ringing. (laughs) No. For those that aren't initiated, Walt actually has a blog piece, uh, like a content uh, blog post that he does called Thrifty Thursdays, which every Thursday we get blessed by uh, Walt's, (laughs) you'll hear it in a second, but a zany explanation of why you should run a card in a deck or just... I mean, it's it's gone beyond that now. To be honest, it's it's, it's sort of just like riffing on a card. It's yeah. like like an sometimes it's like an ad for a card, and sometimes I'd lose my mind. Yeah, and just decide to use a card as an excuse to fall off the deep end, as you'll probably hear in a moment. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly really excited to hear it because <laughs> this is it's something that we all really appreciate. And if you actually listen to the card. It's usually a really underrated card that is thrifty. It, yes. You can pick this up at your local savers or op <laughs> shop. It's cheap. Yeah, it's. I typically feature cards that are like less than two dollars, often a, less than a dollar. Um, but yes, we're we're bringing it to the podcast. You can expect one every single episode. Uh, and also, for for those who don't know, we'll, we'll mention in a second. But I've made a couple of these into videos that you can view on TikTok. So yes, we're TikTokers you... as well. That's um, <laughs> that's something that we're happy to say on the internet for people to hear. Uh, I, I've never I've never used the word TikTokers, but now now yes, I have to. Um, yes, G underscore. Commander community, if you want to see some video versions of these. But, um, James, do you want to give us a description of the card sure. that we're going to do this week? Fantastic. This week's thrifty card. Are we referring to it as the thrifty card? This is the first time we've done it. A, a thrifty... It's, it's, thrifty, it's, it's thrifty It's thrifty. The it's thrifty, thrifty interlude card of the week nice. is Stand or Fall. For three and a red, you get an enchantment that reads, At the beginning of combat on your turn, for each defending player, separate all creatures that player controls into two, pli- into two piles, and that player chooses one. Only creatures in the chosen piles can block this turn. Ladies, gentlemen, in between neither and both, it's the ultimate showdown! Good versus evil! Finally, after many proxy battles have been fought over these long millennia, the two face off to decide the fate of our universe! Nothing stands between them and they stand completely and utterly equal in every respect except by name, who will prevail? Wait a minute! Folks, I do not believe my eyes. Good has asked evil to split itself in half. Very politely, might I add. And evil has actually agreed to do it. It's like divide and conquer, except it's... No, wait. It is divide and conquer, but it's fun. Get budgeted. (laughs) A little insight into my mind. Um... (laughs) 
so as you can see, this this interlude, we saw this grand battle in the theatre of your minds, I hope. <laughs> You saw an incredible um, commenter talking over a gladiator, a gladiator arena where good and evil are pitched against each other and they both agree to, you know, just split it. And split in half. Split it in we'll two. Split in half instead. Yeah. I do want to talk about this card really quickly, though. Mm. How is this so cheap? I I don't know. It's it's very old. I think it's printed in Invasion, which is like Whoa. like OG. It's definitely like an old border card if you're familiar with when the old borders became yeah. the new borders. But like if um, you're in red, in Commander is a very aggressive color. Mm. That is just your your color to be like I'm going to run this enchantment. It's four mana. Comes yeah. out turn four. If you play it early, it's great. If you play mm. it at the end probably win you the game yeah well the, the the place where i play it is sir Gwyn. um Ooh. and the really cool thing that happens is sir Gwyn has menace so if someone has two creatures and you divide them into two piles they and they block. can only block with one of them you just can't block sir Gwyn. that's <laughs> mono red unblockable yeah it's incredible literally yeah no. in very specific circumstances yeah, no it's a it's a cool card and yeah if you want to see me uh, I'll, I'll be turning some of these into um tiktok so go follow us on g underscore commander community on tiktok and uh and we'll we'll see some video versions maybe james will feature on one someday i hope I, so i hope so <laughs> I, I really do all right should we get back into the etiquette yes. of commander the etiquette of commander Let's i think do it. i think this is going to probably be the longest segment that we talk about sure. and it's the do's and don'ts in the game sure so because... this is specifically we're, we're in a game of commander yeah. we're like playing there's four of us sat down maybe five three whatever so this is like what we can do, what we can't do, or not can and can't, what perhaps we should, should and, and shouldn't, shouldn't do. <laughs> it's a much better way of wording it because yeah. I think this is the thing that everyone thinks about when they're thinking about the etiquette of Commander. It's always in the game. So I'm glad we started by talking about before the game with Rule Zero. Sure. And I want to say, stick around, folks, because we're going to talk about outside the game because there is etiquette when you're not playing a game mm. as well. But let's talk about inside the game. And I, I like to refer to it as like, you know, when you're dining at a restaurant, you know, you sat down, let's say you, you take your Commander pot out and you go to a pizza place, you sit down. Okay. There's some rules when you're sitting down at a dinner table together. Yeah, you don't pick your nose. Don't pick your nose. Don't touch my <laughs> pizza after you pick your nose. Um, That's a double whammy. Yeah, excusing yourself from the table, all that kind of stuff, yes. right? There's just general, like, you know, raising your hand in class and queuing up at savers, right? Yeah. There's general rules. So let's. I'm going to kind of rapid fire some quick ones, and then we'll talk a little bit in discussion about some ones that I think are prevalent. Yeah. But quick one, touching other people's equipment. Equipment as in... Game pieces, like your cards, oh, okay. your playmat. I thought you meant equipment specifically, and I was like, what a weird line to draw. You can touch anyone's <laughs> cards, but not Swift Foot Boots. You can't touch Swift <laughs> Foot Boots. That is off limits. If you touch Swift Foot Boots, James will, will kick you in the head. Um, My Ember Cleave <laughs> is very precious to me. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, it won me a lot of standard games yeah. back in the day. But I think like touching other people's game pieces is generally a bit of a no-no. I think without asking, yeah. With, unless you ask someone, like, oh, yeah. hey, can I pick this up or something? Generally, don't touch them. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And that's a very quick way of making it okay. Like, usually, like um, as long as you don't have sticky fingers, like... <laughs> like in the, the <laughs> like skin at the, the beginning, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't have sticky fingers, I'm okay with you having a read in my card. Mm. That's totally fine. Especially if you're trying to understand what the card does. Yeah. But if you're just picking stuff and moving game pieces around, or also just, like... 
touching like i have very special playmats like i've got the Euroco um uh east asia um playmat promotion um, oh like the set yes yeah yeah the, the one that was done a while ago for Eurico. it's very it's the, good looking i think it's like literally just the art of the new Eurico yeah. printing yeah it's yeah. so nice but it's it really is cool. now fetching a really high price as yeah. well because it's so limited so sure generally i don't like people touching it yeah. I'm, I'm sorry i just like i, I want to make sure it's all kept well but like yeah. if you ask to touch my cards i'll probably give you the card and mm. hand it over pretty confidently. Well, I think an important thing to note here, though, you just said, like, that playmat is expensive. Some of the cards we play with are yeah. very expensive. Not me, but <laughs> <laughs> in general, you know, like, I've I've seen OG Jewel Lands. You know, I've seen Tundra. I've yeah. seen Tiger in person. Uh, and I would personally, like, as a general rule, I don't touch people's cards. I will never touch a Jewel Land, like, as a principle. It just, like, freaks me out. I'm like, what if I slip and, and bleed on it or something, you know? <laughs> like, I just don't want to have that on my conscience that I broke someone's $650 Tundra or something. Your nightmares are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, no, I totally agree. Like touching, for example, a Gaia's Cradle, that's like mm. a reserve list card that sits at about a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Some people spend a thousand dollars on a motorbike, right? Mm. You wouldn't just jump on someone's motorbike and start riding it. No, it's true. You wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. have to be considerate. Cause this is some stuff that people have put value and also emotion into mm. as well. Like we have emotional connections to cards. Yeah. I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm interested I think it's probably going to be the same as what is in my mind. But mm. if someone was playing a, um, a Consecrated Sphinx, right? It's like a $50 card, roughly. Yeah. And card. you cast Gilded Drake and you exchanged control of Gilded Drake with Consecrated Sphinx. Would you... Oh, this is a funny example because Gilded Drake's probably worth more. In fact, it is worth more. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yes. But um, if someone said, oh, actually, I'd rather if you didn't touch my Consecrated Sphinx... What would you do? I would probably be like, that's fine. And because I've got whiteboard tokens, which help a lot. I would represent yeah. a whiteboard token. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cause a fuss over that. Yeah. Especially if it's, and, uh, and again, I, we play with at a store where there's a big range of players, big yeah. age difference. Yeah. Some like of the, you know, 16 year old um, guys that come in and play, they will look at a card and be like, I spent my entire pocket money allowance on this card. Mm. Don't touch it. Yeah. Like that's my entire, like this is, this is my 401k right here. <laughs> like, you know, I think that it, I think you should respect that decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I'm completely with you. I would yeah. just use a token, use anything yeah. else and just be just like, this is, them. this is a con sphinx. And yeah. you know, we do that all the time with tokens anyway. So exactly. it's not really any different. I 100% yeah. agree. Speaking of equipment though, there is something that I did want to discuss about the, the like what's on the equipment like playmats are a really commonplace thing for this mm. but explicit content on right. playmats card sleeves i think and look again we're talking we come from a, a game store 90 percent of the time yeah i think just don't bring them <laughs> I totally if you're not agree. sure like if you look at something and you're like i'm not sure if some people might find this uncomfortable i would just not not yeah. bring it if it's explicit. If it's just like, well, because, you know, some people are going to take issue with the fact that, like, one person we play with has a playmate with two women who are embracing on it. And, you know, some real... I'm not horrible gonna use, people. Yeah, horrible people. Say. We'll use that word. Um, <laughs> will Would be like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. And those people can um, leave the store instead. Uh, that would be my suggestion. But that's, that's a social contract in and of itself. Right? That is, that We yeah. encourage acceptance and things like yes. that. But there is a certain level of, like... 
you know, explicit content. If you're at the kitchen table and you're around people that you know and you know what their values are and you know what they're comfortable with, by all means, you can have a play playmat of topless people. If I don't. Like. I don't mind. That's in the comfort of your own home. Totally. I'm really but fine with that. In a store, I think. Yeah. yeah. As a general rule, just just leave it at home. Bring a bring a plain yeah. one instead. You wouldn't go to a primary school with a t shirt with that content on it. Would no, you? and and we do play. You know, what's the official age range for Magic the Gathering? I think it's twelve plus or something. Is it really? Right? Well, there you go. I expect think... that's a good guideline, right? Expect yeah. people of twelve years old to be viewing what you're using. Yeah. So if yeah. you wouldn't feel comfortable showing it to a twelve, well, I'm not. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, we don't even have to finish that sentence. No. And we move on. We all know. Promptly. We all know. Another quick one is getting up and back from the table. Um, I think this is something that's a little bit of a social contract discussion. Like, I'm fine if you need to run to the toilet. I'm not going to force you to sit and, and, and do the I need to pee dance. <laughs> but like, if you need to go, just ex- quickly excuse yourself yeah. and come straight back. Most Commander games, once you're in like the, the really nitty gritty part mm. of it, it's probably going to be at least like five, ten minutes before your turn happens again anyway. Yeah. I, I will say this is within the context of leaving to go to the bathroom. If you're like, well, I had my turn... I'll just, like, duck out for 10 minutes and smoke at the front and talk to my friend. That's just rude, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's... If it's for a need, like going to the bathroom... Yeah. Or any other need that yeah, you have... Yeah, food, drink, food, whatever. Drink, yeah. um, whatever you might need. Sleep. You can... <laughs> quit powwow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had a long, long week. Just gonna quit, take a quick power nap <laughs> under the table. Wake me okay. up when it's my turn. <laughs> Wake me up uh, when it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't sleep uh, with commander no, players. No. Uh, what I'm saying is, I don't think, sleep with commander players. Or do, oh, do sleep with commander no, players. No, uh, mm, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't sleep under the table at a command at a game store. Is what that's we're trying good. To say. That's good. That's exactly what I was referring yeah, to as that's well. Yeah. Definitely what we're saying. But I think, look, yeah, if you're just socialising um, and you get up from the table and just and have a chat with you know, people at the counter or have a chat with, you know, even if you get trapped, like, you know, you can be making your way back from the bathroom and someone tries to talk to you. Try and end that conversation quickly to mm-hmm. be polite to the players that you are in a game with yeah. because they might be waiting for you. I'm interested, actually, James. I, I imagine we're probably going to talk to talk about it anyway, but because this is talking about someone, like, leaving the, the game to engage in conversation. How do you feel about people who are in the game but, like, not focusing on the game because they're talking to someone else for like a long extended conversation yeah well look the next doc point that i had here was paying attention to people and you know even engaging in outside conversations like trades for example is a super common one at a game store Mm. at home you can talk trades relatively easy at the kitchen table while you're playing well because it's probably the people you're playing with right so you're all still in the game you're not like leaving the game even mentally to talk to someone about a trade which is what's going to happen at a game store right exactly but in a game store you you have so many distractions around you so much noise so much noise all that kind of stuff but i think personally now if you can sit in a restaurant that's busy and have conversation with the people you're sat at a table with you should be able to focus on that player's turn as well when they're playing okay. the commander. So th- I, I see you're going full into this like restaurant restaurant idea. etiquette yeah. thing. Yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, no, I that's just, true. I think... If you're at dinner and you're on your phone, it's kind of rude, you know. And likewise, if you're at dinner and you <laughs> called someone and were like, "Hey, I've got a guy's cradle here," it's yeah. um, I or, just nicked it from someone. Or you just lean over your chair and start talking to the people on the other. Hey, you, that fish looks good. What's that? <laughs> like, if... that's Mystic Ramora, James. <laughs> 
is it up for trade? I've got I've got some bolognese here if you want to trade. <laughs> wow, this uh, metaphor has gone strong, hasn't it? Uh, can but you tell I'm, it's been a while since me and James did one of these? Yeah, we're getting back into the swing of it. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that I think that a really big do is pay attention to people on their turn. This, yeah. is, this is a really polite thing to do in any situation. If you're at a meeting at work and your boss is saying something, do you think you should talk to your colleague next to you or pay attention to your boss? Yeah, I mean, you've got to pay attention to your boss. I, I exactly. actually saw something really interesting that is in line with this the other day, um, which was, I think the, the it was a Twitter thread and someone was like, what's the um, what's a really important thing you've had to learn about Commander that took a really long time for you to learn? And it was the answer that someone provided was how to spectate. Because, and they said, look, you know, in a typical Commander game, 75% of the time, it's not your turn. And it's like actually a skill to be actively engaged in someone's turn and saying stuff like, wow, that's amazing. Like if you see cool synergy and being like, oh, like how does this work? And like actually being like, not just like paying attention, like which is quite passive. But being actively engaged Engaged in in it, right? Because it's a social game we play with as a social contract, as we said. So yeah, like, you know, try and learn to be actively in the game if you can. And also you're going to see some really cool stuff when you pay attention to other people's games. Yeah, you You might find cards that you you might want to put in one of your decks. Like if, if I'm playing across the table from Walt and Walt puts down a card I usually take a second to read that card because I'm like this is probably a really cheap card that maybe I can get for one of my decks yeah you know that's, that's it'll make you a better player right to, 100%. to be noticing these kinds of things notice other people's play patterns notice other people I 100 a hundred percent agree with you. Well, I feel like the main thing that we're getting from this general section is just to like be in the game. Be and involved. Don't touch other people's yeah. stuff as well. But the main like takeaway here is just like stay in the game, stay focused, stay engaged. And you know, you can go if you yeah. need to, but only if you need to. All right. A contentious one um, mm-hmm. at, at any commander table, especially when there's expensive cars floating around, eating and drinking. How do we feel about it? Because I have a couple of mixed opinions. I think drinking is fine if you're, like, being very careful with it. Like, a bottle just... of water is totally cool. Yeah, but even, like, you can have, like, a Coke or, you know, like, you know, whatever else you're drinking. That's totally Hot cool. Tea. Hot tea. you know, whatever. But you should be careful with it, right? Mm. You're de- dealing with people's belongings. You don't want to damage anything, obviously. Um, eating is interesting. I, I personally will pretty much always like leave a game to eat. Yeah. It's just like kind of where my brain is at. I can't really do the two things at once thing. I'm also like very particular about touching my cards when I've been touching food. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get the food on the cards. Yeah. And this is the thing I think to consider is like, even if you're not worried about your cards, like I know we said, don't touch other people's cards at all, but like mostly people are going to do that anyway. Right. People are going to, you could be like, Oh, can I read this? You pick it up. You know, you're still touching it. Yeah. Um, even if you are fine with touching your cards when you're eating food, you don't really know how other people feel about you touching their cards when you've been eating food. You and also I mean? just food around your cards in general. Yeah, I, I personally don't like it a lot. It, it depends on the yeah. food, I will say. Because, like, you know, you, there are foods you can eat that are kind of quite clean. Like, they don't yeah. really get on you. Like, you can eat them with chopsticks or something yeah. and be sort of, like, leaned away from the table. Like, I'm usually fine with that. But whenever there's sort of, like... Saucy t- stuff. And, like, touching it with your hands. Yeah. If you have to, like, actively touch the, the food to eat it, I'm, like, I'm, like, worried about you touching your cards, let alone my cards. Yeah. See, like, I, I'm i making a realisation that I, I eat quite a bit when I'm 
at the game store. You too. And I'll agree with that. <laughs> it's because, like, the snack food there is amazing. Like, I'm well, you're, so... You're also supporting the store when you buy it, right? Yeah. And, like, and there's the other thing, like, Commander as well. When you go into for a Commander game, you're not usually... Usually, you're not paying for entry. Yeah. So, having a bit of a snack and a drink at the store is not too bad. Like... Yeah. You know, there's this built-on jerky that I love at our local game store, which is awesome. And there's always a healthy supply of Pringles cans. Yes. Um, <laughs> a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but, like, I do it quite a lot. Now, I make a really big effort, or I have done in the past couple of weeks, to ask if people mind. Um, that's something that I've Ooh. done. And something that I'm going to encourage the listeners to do is say if you don't. Um, say if you don't mind or say if you do mind, mm. be very quick with it because people will just sit down and eat. Like I will. Yeah. Like if, if you're playing with me, most likely going to have a schnickers in my pocket. For sure. I, I would also add a side thing here just because I am the kind of person who brings a lot of decks when I go to a store and I am like 90% of the time happy to lend my decks out to people. I know a lot of people are not so, so fine with that but i'm i don't know i'm just like generally a pretty trusting person i don't really give a shit if someone nicks a card or something um personally <laughs> well most of your cards are like 50 cents well, so it's not a, it's not a hard loss to recoup it's, it's the appeal of the cheap cards but um i would say it, definitely if you're lending someone else's deck be extra careful that you oh, are yeah. like your hands are super clean you're not like rubbing them on your face and your hair and stuff you and know? also like shuffling as well shuffling mm. is a really weird thing because i actually borrowed one of your decks um not that long ago um and it had these really gorgeous art sleeves i think it was your marchesa deck um, no i think it's my reese deck my reese, reese deck has the like it's like a guy in like armor it's a dragon shield like brushed sleeve, yeah, yeah. And, and i knew that they were really nice sleeves so it was very delicate when i shuffled very delicate thank you Appreciate because that. i abide by the social contract hey, of commander we're doing it we're learning things the space commanders we're, we're doing it hope commanders. you're listening uh, yeah you better uh, be all uh, right well there are a couple of quick fire ones we've cool. talked about that but i, I want to talk about one that is a little bit more nuanced mm -hmm. advice specifically giving advice to someone when you're in a game yeah this one's tricky i i've thought about this quite a lot where i think to, to be honest I, I don't want to call anybody out but i think a decent number of people do advice wrong which is that they ad offer it when it's happening like, whatever the, mm. the advice applies to, they're giving it when it's happening. The tr really tricky thing with Commander is m most people... Well, everyone's in the game, right? Even if you've lost and you're no longer playing, you were still a member of that game. And if you're still sat at the table, which if you've listened to our Rule Infinity conversation, we actually encourage you to stick it out and watch how the game plays out. Yes. Yeah. Because then you're, like you said, actively engaging in the yes, game. Yes, exactly you're right. You're invested in it. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, all of those people have some sort of vested interest in the game. Even if you died, like you're out of the game, if you have a way of preventing the person who killed you from winning, you might do it. You know, like some people are like that. I'm pretty spiteful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like I think, you know, I think it's a thing that you can do. It's also probably part of the social contract. You, don't, you want to, you know, make sure people aren't uh freely killing you. So you might be kind of like, well, if you kill me, I'm going to do this. You know, anyway, yeah. I'm getting off track. But I think... When you're offering advice when something is happening that you're offering advice about. So, you know, someone someone goes to combat and you're like, hey, if you attack that planeswalker, this will happen. It's just, I don't know, I feel a bit iffy about it. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like you're unfairly influencing them. I will draw a line here between this and politics. Yeah, that's what I was going to touch on. Because, like, me saying I advise you 
to swing at the planeswalker because it's about to ultimate and that's a detriment to all of us mm. that's politics that's actually not game advice actually i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna retract yeah. that one that's a good example yeah. of a good place you can offer yeah. input I'm thinking more along the lines of, oh, hey, if before you go to combat, you did this, you get more power yeah. there. I just feel a bit iffy about that. Whereas, if it's after the game, real infinity keeps there coming back go, to yeah. us. And you're like, hey, by the way, when you went to combat here, you could have done something like this. You know, have you for next about time. That? Yeah, maybe yeah. next time that, that could be something you could think about. Then it's like you're just, it's just like coaching, right? You're just like giving some input on how they play the game. Yeah. And yeah, I feel comfortable with that, but not so much with the like, oh, do this and this, and that'll make this really amazing. I don't know. I feel a bit weird about that. Yeah, personally. I 100% agree with you that offering advice, specifically advice that's like, um, especially like just in general in politics, I think it's really helpful to do that. Mm. Like reminding someone of a trigger is really helpful advice. That's fine. That's, that's, yeah. that's advice that you can offer. Like, if they miss their upkeep trigger, remind them. Like, mm. say, hey, you had an upkeep trigger here. Well, and most of the time I found out recently, the competitive ruling from a judge, if you can't skip the trigger, it just gets put on the stack. When you remember when it. When you remember it, yeah. I found that out recently too. Yeah. So, like, if you have an upkeep, cumulative upkeep trigger or something, and someone already casts a non-creature spell... And then you go, oh, so for example, Mr. Grimora, for example, yeah, right? Yeah. You forget the cumulative upkeep trigger, and then on your turn, someone casts a non-creature spell, and you go, oh, Mr. Grimora trigger, do you pay? And then someone goes, oh, actually, we didn't do your cumulative upkeep trigger on that. That then gets put on the stack before the Mr. Grimora trigger itself, yeah. of like casting and Yeah, so cast. that's like actually how it would be resolved. So yeah, yeah, in a commander game, if someone's missed a trigger, as a general rule, it's fine to just be like, yeah. yeah. If it's a May, I will say you should ask the table, like, oh, how do Correct. we feel about like this being, you know... In the, the perfect world, I generally now start saying, uh, especially at higher powered tables, yeah. not, C not specifically CDH, but like higher powered tables where people are busting out good decks, I actually ask at the start in rule zero... How do we feel about missed triggers, folks? Wow, um, really? Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my kind of pet peeves now as well because I specifically Liesa, my my death and taxes deck, yep. it has upped its power game a little bit, so mm. it sits at higher power levels. And I am ter I'm usually the player that plays on the stack. I don't play in the upkeep triggers zone <laughs> that much, and I don't play in the term of like, oh, you're going to pay the extra for this. Are you going to do this? Are you, mm. you lose two life here, like. I, that's not my regular play style. So I'm really bad at remembering my triggers with Liesa. So I generally ask the table, hey, if I forget something, are we good to, you know... Yeah, cool. So if you draw three cards and I've got a smothering tithe out, if it goes round the turn, how do we feel about it? Yeah. Like, should I uh, make the treasures or should I not? That so, totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the thing about missed triggers is that often it just like costs nothing to the game like most Usually, of the yeah. time it has almost no impact so like it's fine and also yeah just remind someone if you know someone's missed it just be like oh hey by the way that triggers yeah. now um don't be over their shoulder like you know running like crazy yeah. but you know if if you can tell they've missed it just gently prod them that's fine and i also think like you know with new players as well i think new because i mean we're all about having better games of commander on this podcast and just mm. in general how do we feel about coaching and assisting new players, especially when it comes to advice and while, while we're in the game with you, what's the polite thing to do with a new player? I think, I think as soon as you can, you need to get them making their own decisions. And then afterwards you can explain the way that those decisions affected the game. Right. So like you, you give them all the tools you can give them 
that let them like actually play the game. Like they need to know the rules, right? So you need to be like, okay, you untap, you upkeep, you draw. Trample means this. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can and you can like you know lay all that out for them, and you have to, right? Otherwise, they're never going to learn the game. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual like, oh, who are you attacking kind of thing, it really depends. Like if the specific goal of the game, like if you're playing like basically a tutorial match with someone, by all means, just be like, hey. Let's do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do this, yeah. and this is how that all goes. But yeah, if someone's like newish, but they know the rules, they know what they're doing. They've bought a, a precon now. They're, yeah, they've played. They've played five times. to six games, yeah. kind of thing. They know what they're doing. Let them make their own decisions. And then afterwards, you can kind of be like, oh, by the way, you know, when you board wiped here, you actually had like ten creatures. So even though you were scared of that player you kind of blew up your own board. So I probably wouldn't have board wiped there. I might've waited like another turn cycle, let them play more creatures, then blow it up. You know, that's, value. yeah, that's yeah. the kind of advice you can give. But yeah, I, I think again, I like it better when it's after the game. I think it's like the equivalent of backseat driving, right? It's yeah. people call, people say backseat driving because it's, it's now like a, a, a bad connotation. Like, Oh, stop backseat driving. Would you mm. like, you're annoying when you do that. That's yeah. breaking the social contract. Mm. That's like, that's doing something that makes other people uncomfortable. So you've broken it there. Yeah. So, you know, explain after the game, explain when it is an appropriate time. For sure. All right. We're still in the game. Mm-hmm. We're not quite finished yet, but there's a really contentious topic that I'm really curious to get your input on. Sure. Getting tilted. Ah, so for those non-gamers out there, we mean getting frustrated, getting annoyed with how the game is unfolding. I imagine it's often, you know, my spell gets counterspelled. Or you board wipe for the ninth time. Yeah. My commander now costs 15. Yeah, the the things that generally start to tick you off about how the game is going. Um... It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, like, getting tilted is an emotional response that, you know, Mm. everyone has the right to express their emotions. But... There's a social etiquette that you need to have around getting frustrated at a game. And I think Mm. it all comes off in how you communicate that frustration to the table. Mm. Um, A a really easy example is when someone plays a card that, you know, is a little bit... Got high salt scores on EDH Rec. (laughs) If you've not seen that list on EDH Rec, go look it up. You'll you'll quickly learn why people (laughs) can get tilted in Magic the Gathering... Because these cards exist. Yes, and we collectively agree we don't like them. Yeah, <laughs> for the example, time. like Winter Orb or yeah. Expropriate. Or Vorinclex. Vorinclex, yeah. yeah. All these cards, if you don't know them, look them up. You'll see why we can get angry at them. Mm. But if someone casts a card that maybe was, didn't, wasn't spoken about in Rule Zero and it hits the table and it's like completely game-ending to your deck. Like, okay, for example, you're playing Arami. Mm-hmm. Someone plays a Rest in Peace. Oh, there you go. There's the frustration. There's a pulsing vein on Walt's forehead um, right now. I think, look, I think there's only one reasonable thing to do in this situation, and that's murder. Murder. The I card think. murder or actual homicide? Um, yeah, the card murder. Yes. yes. No, definitely the card murder. Um, <laughs> For any police that might be listening to this podcast. No. Um, look, I actually think, okay, I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, go on. I think one of the healthiest ways you can express your emotions is to just tell people how you feel. So it's just shockingly simple, but I, I really agree with you. Well, and like some people might find it uncomfortable, the idea, but like, you know, let's say, yeah, I'm playing around me, you cast a resting piece, I just say, wow, that completely shuts off my deck. That's really frustrating. That versus me going, <sighs> Yeah. What a world of difference. Even it's, though I'm still the same, the emotion's the same. 
One of them is like, you're, you know, like this is the feeling I have inside it. <laughs> this, you know, you don't know what I'm gonna do about yeah. it. Versus just me articulating it is me like showing you, hey, my response to that emotion is to tell you how I'm feeling about it. That like safety is important. And some people, you know, if, if you're a woman and you're playing in a game store, the the behavior of men around you is genuinely threatening and it's totally reasonable for that to feel threatening. Especially frustration and anger. Yes. That's and a so, big thing. You know, if someone's doing the... <sighs> you don't know what they could do. Or like, I've, I've actually been in games where I've seen someone hit the table quite like, you know, proper yeah. bang the table and it's, it's made me uncomfortable. Yeah. A six foot two man. Yeah. You know, gone, whoa, that was really uncalled for. Mm. Like, I think that, it, I mean, it is a skill. We, I, I am going to recognize that not everyone, because this is something that you can actually teach someone to do is articulate yeah, their emotions. For sure. And honestly, it's a skill that you really learn in therapy. Is <laughs> It takes time. It does it takes take time. time. And work yeah and it's a skill but like generally the way i've learned to communicate it is you go okay you firstly is recognition i'm i'm upset i'm angry i'm getting tilted at this Mm. game why the first question is why that you ask yourself if you don't ask why you run down that rabbit hole of anger and frustration and then to be honest everything is frustrating to you everything is you know Mm. red flag to a bull kind of thing yeah so ask yourself why and when you're in your own head responding to that question of why, that's what you say. That's yeah. what you articulate to the table. Yeah. And it can be literally, yeah, it's, oh, that really frustrates me because rest in peace hoses my entire deck. I'm a graveyard deck. Yeah. I can't get rid of it. I don't have any it. responses to this. That's, I, I yeah. can't get rid of it. I'm in black. I, I've already used my mm. feed the swarm. You know an important thing that happens when you do that in a game of Commander? It's a four-player four player game. You give someone the opportunity to say, well, hey, what's it worth to you if I get rid of it? My life. I will give you my life if you get rid of rest in peace. No, James, emotional regulation. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, again, this is, I, I think we should do a whole politics episode because uh, we could dive down. We into talk about politics, politics every lot. episode, to be fair. But yeah, you can, you can really use this as a politics moment. Mm. If you're frustrated at something, remember, you're not the only resource you have. Yeah. I think the important thing that happens when you choose not to express your emotion is you're closing yourself off from the possibility of anyone helping you with it. Because, mm. you know, the other thing that happens, if you can, if you're like, wow, I really am not enjoying this game anymore because of what's happened here, like that would be a very very honest thing to say someone might be like hey feel free to concede if you'd like to like if you need to take a step away yeah or like hey do you want to have a chat outside like you know you're giving people the opportunity we can pause the game if everyone at the table's okay yeah like you're yep. you're letting people have the ability to help you you know because let's be real like because it is a social format and because it's so complex that we have to have this social contract the reason why it's that complex is because our emotions are complex mm. and we have an emotional response to this game. That's why this social contract's here. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think this is probably a good opportunity. We've talked a lot about the the way that we feel in the game and the way that like the way to be the, a good mm. player in the game. There's also a lot of commander that happens outside the game. Well, so, there's a lot of things that happen around Commander. Yes, that's true. And it's you true. can be one of those things that are around Commander. So yeah. the, there's a there's a pretty decent, you know, thing to consider when you're outside of the game or watching a game, spectating a game that you're not involved in. And it's actually a pretty tough topic to start with. But I do want to talk about one that might be a little bit stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Hygiene. 
Yeah, if you play in a game store <laughs> in particular, I think I think I'm just like assuming here, but I think kitchen table maybe it's because you get more control over who is going to be playing at that table. I think it's Possibly, less likely yeah. that hygiene's going to be an issue. That's just like like an assumption I'm making. But... And also, you're at home, and people probably have driven from their home to you. Like whereas yeah. you know, game stores, people might they ride their spaces. bike in as yeah, well. They could ride true. their bike in, or I skateboard in. Mm. Um, you know, catch a train, whatever you might be a little bit B.O.E. or a bit yeah. pongy. Now, we're really lucky because our local game store, I'm not sure if you've... I've actually had to use it many times. The deodorant? Yeah. Behind the counter. If you ask, <laughs> if you ask, it might be different. I'm really curious around the world if your local game store carries deodorant because it is a stereotype that sweaty, nerdy gamers, mm. that we get stinky. Yeah. You know, all that. To be honest, I skateboarded here today. I'm probably a little bit pongy. Yeah. My- I mean, also, like, <laughs> even if you're not necessarily exercising, I am, like, a bit of an anxious person. I just kind of sweat most of the day. Yeah. I actually have to use, like, a very strong antiperspirant because otherwise I'll just sweat through the deodorant. Walt crushes an entire pack of Old Spice and just, <laughs> just beds it into the pores uh, of his Funnily skin. enough, maybe it's TMI, but I actually used to use Old Spice and it's interesting because like different deodorants interact with like your natural smell in different ways i should not use old spice was it like a concoction of death or something yeah it's really it just like it just like smells like my sweat and so they just mix together and then i just stink i'm just like a stinky stinky man oh no okay um yeah now i know never to buy you old spice (laughs) but yeah i think hygiene is like one it's important topic that i I wanted to get out of the way quickly to be honest because it's a bit of a touchy one but there's a couple of things that you can do pretty easily. One, usually you bring a bag to Magic the Gathering, mm. chuck some deodorant in chuck there, some deodorant in pack there. a gum. Yep. If, you, if you're going to the pizza shop across the road and you get that garlic onion pizza, have some gum afterwards. <laughs> That's pretty nice. We're in co- close proximity when we play Commander. Yep. Um, or ask the ask the game store people if they have a stick of deodorant or a can. Yep. Um, the other thing that you can do, generally just let people know if they do, but in the politest way possible. Now, this is like, this is social etiquette outside of Magic the Gathering. Mm. If someone at work is a little bit stinky, there's a, it's like polite of you to let them know because then you're saying, hey, you can fix this problem. You can go do that. Yeah, for sure. But don't be like, hey, Walt, you smell like a trash fire. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad way of doing it. You can be like, yeah. hey, Walt, I've got some deodorant in my bag. Do you want to put some on? Yeah. I will say, as someone who, you know, b- because of my mental health sometimes, doesn't get to shower as often as I would like to. Like, I, I know it might be a bit too real, but, like, it's a thing that some people go through where 100%. they're just, like, because of their self-care or the way they feel about themselves, they're just, like, they just can't get in the shower. What I will do before I go to the to out anywhere, basically, when, when I'm going to be interacting with people, is I just, like, change all the clothes that I'm wearing... Yeah. And chuck a little bit of deodorant on. Like, even though I haven't showered, you know, I'm not really that clean. It's probably not a good idea for me to be, like, like that for an extended period of time. At the very least, I'm kind of being like, okay, I'm not going to stink. You know, yeah. like, I'm tolerable in the vicinity of other people. Yeah, I think, again, because, like, what is the social contract in, in Commander? It's to make sure we're all having fun games of Commander. And we're all comfortable And we're all well. comfortable, yeah. And if you're not playing a game of Commander, but you're standing next to a table watching people play Commander, oh. you might throw some one off yeah if you don't so this is how spectating ties in yeah <laughs> like the so, vicin- well i mean it's true like when we play yeah. the game store you know yes we, we're concerned with the people who we're playing with but yeah the people around us have an effect on i vividly remember sure. a, a night where <laughs> someone farted and it was <laughs> 
It Sorry, was bad. Was... No, but I vividly remember that Troy is, plays with us, who is a dad, and he's like, I don't know how old Troy is, but he's like a lot older than me and you. <laughs> Not um, that much older. No, he's, he's sprightly. Um, 27. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood up and he just said, guys, that stinks. Yeah. Come on. I do remember that he as just, well. He went full dad on us. He yeah. was just like, guys, come on. And that's honestly, on a, that's actually like a verbal, very tangible implementation of what we're talking about, the social contract. He's verbalizing the social contract to try not to fart in the middle of a game yeah. store. I think the important thing he's doing there as well is he's not like targeting someone specifically True. when he does something yeah. like that. He's that's, not accusing. No, no. Yeah. He's just kind of being like, come on guys, we can do better than this. Yeah. yeah. Like we are right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I farted earlier. We edited it out of the podcast. That's called courtesy, people. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about spectating. Yes. Um, because that's probably the biggest thing when you're not in a commander game, mm. but the social contract of commander is important to think about. Yeah. Well, so, you're, you, if you're like talking to someone who's in a game or you're like around a table, I think you kind of are in the game. You're not a player in the game. No, but you're involved in it. But you're a factor. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think I know where you're going with this. And I'm just going to say right off the bat. If you are a member of a game who is not a player, because that's what I would call a spectator, um, you should have almost no impact on the game whatsoever. Correct. By that I mean, you can talk to people, don't really talk to them about the game. Again, unless you're talking about something that happened before. Yeah, like, oh, that was the most perfectly timed board wipe. Well done, that was great. That's cool, but like, That's actually encouraged. If you're a spectator Mm. and someone does something cool, this is a do outside of the game. If someone does something really clever... Congratulate them. Yeah, totally. That's some good, solid feedback. Like, I, I've, um, now that CDH is getting really big at our store, mm. I've noticed that I just watch sometimes. I'll, like, yeah. kind of watch. And usually I'm really quiet and people will forget I'm behind them. And then there'll be, like, a counter spell war or some really clever interaction. I'll just go, oh, awesome. And people will be like, how long have you been there? <laughs> <laughs> You're just looming yeah, behind. just this, like, lurking in the chat kind of thing. I, then I think that's probably, that is the do, isn't it? It's like the 100%. don't, the don't is like the offering advice and the kind of participating in the game through the form of, like, influencing people. And the do is like, be part of the game, but be the, like, encouraging, like, yeah. you know, engaged. Funnily enough, it's not dissimilar to what we said about offering advice, you know, don't. It's the backseat gaming thing, right? It's, yeah. it's the same philosophy. Don't backseat game someone. I, I mean, there is situations where that could be an okay thing. Like, for example, there's this really, um, inc- Miles is his name, incredible um, young guy that comes into the store. I think he's probably around 13, 14. Yeah, maybe um, even younger. And his dad comes in with him yeah. um, because a 13-year-old kid can't get to the game store on his own. No. So he sits there and his dad will sit behind him sometimes and occasionally offer advice. Mm. That's okay. That's a new player learning some stuff. And yeah. sometimes I've said... You know, the, I do a lot uh, with new players. I try to sit down with them and play a game with them. Mm. But sometimes I'll say, are you in a game? Do you want me to be like your wingman, your co-pilot? Yeah. And like, I can set and just quickly say to the table, hey guys, I'm just going to help Walt out. He's brand new. Mm. Um, he's only played a couple of games of Magic. I'm going to co-pilot here. For sure. Um, that way it also makes, because especially if you're the only new player and there's three other really experienced players makes the game more fun for everyone. Yeah. You can be like, oh, you're going to get hosed here. If you do this, you might be back in the game. Mm. They might have not thought of that, but because you're there to help them, that's a way of getting around it. But I think yeah, it's, sure. again, it's like the backseat gaming philosophy. Don't backseat game, but there are some exceptions to the rule, but it's definitely stricter. When you are not actively playing the game, mm. do not 
do not say, oh, do this. Yeah. Counter think- that. Counter that. Counter that. They've got this in their hand. Yeah. Don't say that. No. Do not reveal game information. Definitely not. I um, think the recurring theme here is that, like, most of the things that we've said you shouldn't do can be fine if you're communicating effectively with the people you're playing with and the people yeah. around you first. Not all of them. You know, the hygiene thing is kind of like just a do or don't sort of thing. But yeah, like most of the way that we're encouraging you to play the game, you know, yeah, you can have someone look over your shoulder if you really want to. You can eat at your table if you really want to. Like these things are okay if everyone is on board with it. It's the social... The whole point of it is to make sure everyone's happy doing it. Yeah, social contract. And I think it's interesting, but, like, just communicating to someone that's in a game, especially on their turn, Mm. um, is usually really disrupting to the game and can affect the other player's fun. It's also really disrupting when you're the player. Like, sometimes you're aware of information and someone's like, oh, don't forget you can do this. And it's like, okay, I know that. I'm trying to, like, get it all straight in my head before I decide what to do. I'm trying to cast the perfectly timed game ending spell here i know about my upkeep. yeah yeah exactly um i think that the other thing that i should also mention here is um if you're outside the game again we've talked about touching other people's play mats and equipment and cards yeah don't do it um i think one of the things that people outside games love to do is look at the top card of someone's library yeah because they're like oh i'm outside the game i'm not important here i i Mm. can know but by doing that even just respond... I mean, you're an incredibly expressive person. If you did that, I could probably tell what card it was. It would probably light up in your eyes. It's like, it's a torment of hailfire. <laughs> but like... Open book. Yeah. It, even just by reacting to the card on top. If mm. you look at the card and go, ooh, people know it's a good card. Yeah, it's info. Well, like, you know, if someone if someone had the possibility of milling that player... They might they do might be it like, hey, I'll mill you right now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just it's extra information that shouldn't be in the game. And I, I think that um, if people start doing that at my tables that I'm playing at, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and encourage them not to do it because it's game information that can be revealed. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Well, look, I, I think the other thing that we often get when we're outside of the game, and look, sometimes in that same circumstance where someone's like sort of lingering nearby, is you start getting someone trying to organize a game. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? like someone's like oh hey honestly me and james maybe it's because we, we have the lot. podcast <laughs> well but also like we get asked a lot like oh hey i really want to get a game in with you mm. it's it's lovely by the way when people do this and people say like i really want to play a game with you i always find it very flattering i actually got a specific request the other week at the store that they specifically wanted to play against my brutal deck because we've speak Aww. we've spoken about it a bunch of times and they're like i want to see what's so special about this Aww. deck can i play against it i'm i'm like yeah 100% and yeah that's great to to reassure people Walt and i really do like playing games with lots of people we're, yeah. we're not the type of people like Walt and i actually very rarely play together anymore I know, it's because sad. we try and play with lots of different people and lots of different pods so we like yeah. it but we're trying to encourage you not to interrupt um, players while they're playing a game. Mm. You know, it, it's a very simple thing, but it's just wait till they're done. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that you can think of when you're like, when you're trying to get a game together, any other do's and don'ts of your, your you know, kitchen table etiquette? What else is, is there for you, you to offer for the... In terms of organizing Yeah, pods, organizing a game. I think trying not to leave people out of games or avoid people is a mm. really key thing. Like, of course, maybe sometimes you're in a situation, especially at game stores, where... You might not entirely enjoy sitting down at a certain table with someone. Maybe it's because of the cards they play. Maybe it's because of their BO. Who knows? Like, whatever <laughs> it whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe you just don't like sitting at that table with that person. 
it's okay, but try not to say things like, I don't want to play with this person. Mm. Especially publicly. It's, yeah. it's one of those, it's just a social etiquette thing. Like, again, like if, again, if you're in a business meeting at, at work, if you don't want to sit next to the person in the meeting room, yeah, you're, you're not, not going like to actively walk into the meeting room and be like, I don't want to sit next to Walt. I don't like his handwriting. <laughs> um, like, you're not going to say it. So no. same same thought applies to organizing pods. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, completely I think there's agree. one more thing that I want to talk about when organizing pods as well. Yeah. Is the rule zero conversation usually actually starts when you're trying to organize pods. Like, hey... I'm looking for a cash game, all that kind of stuff. That's true. I, I, I'm looking for a high-powered game. Yeah, at the game store, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely at the game store. I think when you say that, don't be, like, really aggressive with people that don't want to play that type of game. Mm. Because people are looking for different games with Commander. It's a social thing. Yeah. I want to play CDH. So I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to... Oh, sorry. So let's say I want to play casual. Mm. And someone's like, oh... I'd rather play high powered. I'm like, all right, well, you're not the person for this pod. You know, like it, it's totally fine to decline offers for games yeah. because it's not the game you're looking for. Totally. I think we, there's this, I'm actually, I'm going to sidetrack here. Mm. Speaking of TikTok, quite a while ago, mm-hmm. there's this awesome person on TikTok that does this series called doing things that you might be uncomfortable with to show you they're okay. That's oh, the title of the series, how right? sweet. And this person does stuff that generally makes people uncomfortable or anxious. Like, for example, going into a shop and not buying anything. So for some people, that makes people really uncomfortable because it's part of this social contract that when you enter a store, you buy something. Mm. But it's okay to go in, see that you don't need anything or want anything and leave. Totally. So this person does this incredible TikTok series of doing that kind of stuff or like, you know, uh, eating dinner on their or going to a restaurant on their own. They do that kind of stuff. Wow. It's a real... I'll send you the TikTocks when we're, when yeah. we're done with this podcast. No, that it's really, really gorgeous. Cool. Oh, if we can find the... Um, yeah, the, the If the we person, can find the creator... We might link them in the, in the show notes. That sounds really we'll, sweet. We'll link them in the show notes. They're yeah. awesome. Um, but I think that maybe we could have a look at, like, doing some of that on our TikTok for magic stuff. Mm. Like, you know, doing magic things that might make players uncomfortable to show you that they're okay. Yeah. I mean, something I've really been enjoying about how... Um, some recent Magic the Gathering YouTubers have been going about making Commander games. Um, specifically, uh, Prof is really good at this. Mm. Is they have like they show an extended Rule Zero conversation. That's awesome. As part of the video, they don't just immediately start the game. There's obviously an appeal with immediately starting the game. Like you know, people like Get right into the action. Yeah, well, like yeah. Game Nights, for instance, is like all about the entertainment it's show, value. Yeah. It's a show more than it is the game, right? So it's like really important that they just get straight into it. That's totally fair. But if you're, the point of your you know your channel or your video is to be to show commander and how fun it can be i think you should include the rule zero and honestly you know it, the name of the series for Tolarian community college is shuffle up and play highly recommend like all the videos i've had a lot of fun watching it, them there's some really funny ones in there as well actually. and i i think he's really like i was thinking about this the other day you know it's really important what you name something in terms of what it conveys about what someone can expect when they watch it. Mm. And he's called it Shuffle Up and Play. And I was like, how interesting. That immediately conveys this casual, like, we're just having fun. We're just going to, like, talk smack and play some games. And there's also something that happens before the play, too. It's Shuffle Up and Play. Yeah, like, exactly. that Shuffle Up mode. Yeah. It's like a casual, it's like, you know, it's like over tea. It's, it's yeah. this nice thing. And he's, like, conveyed that perfectly in the games because it's like, 
more the personalities and the chat they have than the games themselves. I love that. It's really cool. I, re- I really, really love cool. that. I've watched a couple, but I might watch a little bit more. Yeah. I love how this podcast is also turning into like a review of other podcasts <laughs> as well. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff out it there. Is, and there is. And one more thing before mm-hmm. we end the outside the game. Sure. Especially at the game store. Mm-hmm. Clean up once you leave. Yeah. It's simple, but... It's a good principle for life, honestly. I, I think so, too. And, it, like, it works with kitchen table, too. If, if you invited me over for games here, I would not leave rubbish on the table as I left. No. That is just not okay. Just so rude. why why do it at the game store? Yeah. I know sometimes we slip up, we might, you know, leave a Gatorade bottle there or a Coke can or something like that. Mm. But if you can, remember, there are rubbish bins at game stores, just like everywhere else. Yeah. Pop your rubbish away. Especially magic packs as well. God, they get everywhere. Oh, they those wrappers are so good at like expanding and folding out until they're know, so like, enormous. One magic case, like one magic booster box. It's so tightly so packed p- away. But when you open one, my god, there's wrappers everywhere. It's like <laughs> Christmas morning. <laughs> Make a little like booster pack angel on the floor. Yeah, god, for sure. Um, I, I'll actually like add a little principle that I kind of live my life by. Um, you've probably heard like some people will say stuff like I always like to leave things the way I left them right yeah oh I, I, sorry the way I found them yeah leave things the way I found them so you know if I if I you know go to someone's kitchen and I use it to cook like you know use the frying pan or whatever I always try and put everything back where it was right yeah leave things how you found them I actually personally in my life and maybe this is hard for some people but I extend it to I like to leave things better than I found them that's that's taking the social contract and going, you know what? I'm a superhero and I'm going to make it better for society. Well, like an example, yeah. when I go to the gym, um, you know, off people, anyone who goes to the gym a lot will know. Some people just leave their stuff everywhere. Obviously, don't be one of those people. It infuriates me when I stub my toe on a dumbbell that has just been I left know, it's been in left the in the middle of, the of like a walking section. Yeah. But what I do, if I like go to use a piece of equipment and sort of it's been left in this kind of state of disarray or like... The one thing you find a lot is it's already loaded up with a bunch of plates that which you then have to like remove to get your plates on there. Which I want to make a note in the gym, really inconsiderate. Yeah. Because some people can't lift forty-five kilo plates off exactly. a barbell. Yeah. Don't stop it. No. Stop. Anyone got stop. Stop it. Stop, stop it now. Well, but the thing that I will do is like I won't leave it the way I found it. In that I won't leave it with the plates like loaded up again. I'll remove all the plates when I leave it. That's so, really nice. You know, I found it with some plates on there. I actually leave it with some plates off it. I do the same yep. with the dumbbells. I put them back exactly where they're supposed to go. It's just you know it takes a little bit of effort in each interaction, but the overall net effect will be that you are, like, a positive influence on people. And I'd like to, like, put this in the terms of, you know, Commander, how nice is it when you sit down at a table at a game store and it is clean as a whistle, it's been wiped down, there's no stickiness on the table from someone Mm. that's eaten before. That is a nice feeling. Yeah, you just roll the plane out and you're good to go. How annoying is it when there's a blob of tomato sauce in the middle of the table? It's true. Just be considerate. There is a social contract for a reason and it's because... We're all trying to have fun and have an enjoyable experience playing Commander. For sure. For sure. Well, look, playing Commander is something that we do socially. And so, of course, there is a social contract. And I think we've sort of covered, like, you know, I I actually like that last metaphor we've ended on, which is that you should leave things better than you found them. And so, likewise, you should take that little bit of positivity towards your interactions in a game, outside a game, when you're playing Commander. Try to leave people with, you know, a little sense of something being better than what it was. Well, the Command itself for today's episode specifically says to ensure the success of the format. Mm. So let's leave this format better than we found it. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Space Commanders, command, command received. received. That is something we are going to start doing, and I'm sorry you're going to have to put up with it. I love how we, like, we, we have not rehearsed that, and the intonation was exactly the same. That was incredible. We even both did a little salute as well. Like, <laughs> this is something we're going to start doing because, boy, oh, boy, we love our brand. We do love our brand. It's true. It's true. Well, to the listeners, do you feel commanded? Because we definitely do. And what do you think of the social contract in Commander? All right. Well, I ho- I'm really keen to read those comments, but um, usually we end our episodes with play of the week. Now we're going to do something a little different today. We've done we've done a lot of magic talk today. We're about one hour and twenty minutes in in terms of raw audio time. So I'm going to suggest we planes walk out of here. See what I did there? <laughs> Mechanic in com- planes, planes walk, walk out, out of here. here. Planes walk out of here. And we're going to do. We're going to talk about something outside of the world of Commander because okay. we generally get asked by people at the you know our local game store that listen to our podcast, and generally I think we should encourage commander not be the be all and end all of our friendship well i think normally when you play you end up talking about stuff that's outside of commander anyway so So, yeah i like it yeah just it it shouldn't be the be all and end all of our relationship well so i'm going to bring up something that i've been really passionate about again recently sure and you might wince because you know a little bit of my backstory on this which is electric skateboards oh Oh, no it's okay um okay i'm gonna (laughs) add a lot of clarity for those that don't know i like it i like the electric skateboard i like the james electric skateboard Boards. But, you, you provide context. <laughs> but um, they are not... Look, they are really, really fun, but they are not a safe activity to do. Commander is a very low-risk activity. The worst injury you can probably get is a paper cut. Uh, <laughs> maybe a mild heart attack when someone does something. Card damage. Uh, card damage, yeah. That's like the worst thing to happen. Um, I don't know, you might wet a guy's cradle and lose money. But on an you, electric... might, you might trip and bleed on a card, <laughs> like James, in your as <laughs> But... Electric skateboards can the go are a bit pretty quick yeah. and your body is on the line. And about a year ago to pretty much the month, I think it was in October, November that I did it. Maybe a little bit later. Yeah, I um, I came off my electric skateboard at about 40 kilometers an hour and completely um, PSA, uh, trigger warning, medical gore may be described in the next mm. couple of seconds. We're not throwing up any photos on the YouTube yes. channel, that's for sure. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, if, if you want to see them and you see me in person, sure, ask. But um, I came off at 40k an hour and snapped my um, ankle and completely dislocated it and twisted it 180 oh. degrees round um, my foot. And it resulted in me being... Off my feet for three months. I couldn't walk for... I think I couldn't walk for three and a half months. And then I was in physical therapy for about four months after Mm. that. And I did hydrotherapy in the pool. It was Um, a long process. It was a long process. And Walt, bless him, I I genuinely thank you for that period. Because Walt would pick me up so I could still go to the game store. Oh, I did too. Um, Yeah. We used to carpool every every week. Yeah. yeah. And I really, really do thank you for that. I remember I was so thankful. I just sent Walt a bulk sum of money once because I was like, all the fuel that you've spent. Oh, you did. (laughs) I remember (laughs) seeing that. He was like, what? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose I've done a few of those. Yeah. But regardless of the injury. (laughs) Yes. Let's move past the injury. I love electric skateboards. I actually electronically skateboarded. Is that how you... I e-skated. He scattered, ski-boarded. Skiddily dude over here. Um, (laughs) I e-skated here today. Um, And I'm I'm about like, what, five, six, seven K away, something like that. Not that far. Yeah, Um, it's like like a six minute drive or something. Yeah, not that far at all. So I e-skated over here and it's really good fun. And 
I feel like Walt and I are both, um, Walt definitely more than I, but both environmentalists, both care about the environment. Electronic personal transportation, in my opinion, the future. Yeah. It is, it, it's way less of a um, carbon footprint for transportation. Uh, it's funner. It's way more fun. Mm. Um, and it's like, you can usually get places a little bit quicker um, because yeah. getting stuck in traffic's a pain in the ass. But if you're on a footpath, well, I think even even cars these days, like not, most car manufacturers are phasing out the production of petrol vehicles. Like yeah. Most, it'll take a, lot, a long time before like we're all driving electric cars because yeah. obviously everyone's car has to cark it. The current car yeah. that uses My petrol. My car is a 2010. Yeah, like, like it's, it's going to take a while for yeah. that to happen. But yeah, mostly um, car manufacturers are only manufacturing like electric yeah. these days. So, but yeah. I, I love electric skateboards. Yeah. They're really fun. Um, I actually now have a bit of a crew. Um, I've got a couple of friends that yeah. have electric skateboards and we meet up and we go on like adventure rides mm. so we'll start at one point we'll be like all right where do we want to go today and we'll be like all right let's get to st kilda and we'll go Damn. yeah and we we just like so and then it's public transport so like you know we'll skate to a certain point get on a train get into the city and then from flinders street we'll go down to st kilda on the boards that's so cool and it's really cute then we're like oh boards are running out of juice let's find a cafe and we'll have a coffee catch up and this, charge the boards this explains why sometimes when i'm like hey james can we hang out today he's like sorry i'm going electric skateboarding and in my head i'm like what for the rest of the day this explains it it's a whole day activity <laughs> it's great usually we'll meet up in in a park at like 10 something like that oh, yeah. and we'll go out and because the boards will generally die um power wise after about a couple of hours wow. of riding so you find a cafe yeah charge up go back oh that sounds it's really great. good fun if i had the moolah I'd, uh, I'd probably join you yeah well i mean like they're not cheap no. my board itself was a, around 2000 for those interested i have an evolve series one gtr and it's around about two thousand dollars market price i have ridden it it's very good fun it's, like i can definitely attest yeah. to that yeah one of my friends though has just bought uh well he's partially building it because he used to work for the company that manufactures them so he gets it he's getting it for a lot cheaper price but you ready for this it's cost this board commercially to sell is four and a half thousand dollars oh. and that's not even the cheapest one they make which is wild but this one has like on each corner, on each wheel, it's got an independent motor. Independent. And I think they're about 3,000 watts of power. Like a oh lot of power behind each wheel. And independent suspension on each wheel. Suspension. What? It's a car. <laughs> it's literally a car. It's a four-wheel drive car that he stands on and flies at about... His goes like... 50 kilometers well that makes sense because the price is roughly equivalent to a second-hand <laughs> yeah. car so mental yeah. absolutely mental wow. but there you go With cool planes walk to the world of electric skateboards yeah. and they're awesome nice i look forward to our next uh our next hurrah maybe we can visit zendikar or something yeah i mean <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the next planes walk activity right. well you sounds can good. you can organize our next planes walk. sounds good well thanks so much for listening everybody and it's so good to be back uh you can expect another episode about two weeks after this one we can't wait to to bring it to you so keen and again we always love talking to you guys that listen so please comment subscribe now that's something we should say we should say we subscribe should su- subscribe subscribe hit bell hit um, the hit the bells um sub- uh zoom uh link click linkedin um scroll um, twitter twitter um, uh twiddle tw- twiddle 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 us twiddle, twiddle us good twi- anyway we'll end the episode <laughs> there <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you so much. Goodbye, Commander players. Goodbye.